thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Grab your copy of God's Word and go with me to Matthew chapter 6. What a joy it is to stand with you on this Lord's Day, this Independence Day. We celebrate as a nation, but praise God. Ultimately, we have independence, or actually independence from sin, right? We are free from sin through Jesus Christ. I appreciated that video earlier so much in that regard. But Matthew chapter 6. You know, if there's one game... <laughs> in the typical arcade that every kid loves and every parent hates it's that giant claw machine y'all know what i'm talking about i mean the, the the one with all sorts of prizes on the inside maybe it's a big bowl or a, a stuffed animal or maybe even sometimes it's like a fancier prize like you can win something digital some device or something like that and you have to move that giant claw over the prize that you want and then deploy it down to pick up that prize and then pick it up and bring it back over the drop zone how many of you guys have ever actually won a prize out of that machine <laughs> hey, not bad. I, I, more than I thought would. Here's the here's here's more important question. How many of you guys have lost way more money to that machine than you ever won in prizes? <laughs> Amen. How many of you guys wish you could just reach up into that machine with your hand and pull that prize out? Well, two-year-old Olivia Porter, she did even better than that. After she and her three-year-old cousin, uh, Callie, they had lost their money to the giant claw machine there at the billy b's fun center there in destiny mall there um in 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 uh syracuse new york they weren't satisfied just walking away without a prize and so callie who was the older one she began to try to reach up through the chute there to grab something but her little arm was too too short and so she said all right cousin the two-year-old cousin began to think how can i get in and so she decided that she was going to try to climb up in to the machine to grab that prize and believe it or not with the help of her cousin she got up in that thing she was able to squeeze her little body up through the drop chute and found herself inside the giant claw machine with all the prizes the only problem was she couldn't get back out <laughs> she was stuck and soon her grandma caught up to him um, and, and of course as you might imagine the grandma just flipped out when she didn't see an attendant around to open the machine so she called 911 and soon Olivia's deliverers the Syracuse fire department arrived on the scene they began prying the machine open to get Olivia out and when it was finally open they were able to reach in and grab her out and they celebrated like they had just won a prize from the giant claw machine they delivered her into her grandmother's arms safe and free and olivia and, Ka and callie they, they had only one question where's our ball <laughs> they wanted a ball pray praise god and thank god for people who can deliver us out of tough 
situations. Now, as we continue in this series, pray this way, through the Lord's Prayer, we're, 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 we're turning to our final petition here. Jesus teaches us here to call out to the one who can ultimately deliver us from the toughest of situations, and that is our Heavenly Father. He's the only one who can ultimately deliver us out of those ultimate situations, right? So Matthew 6, verse 9, and then we'll skip ahead to verse 13, says this. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven. Skip to verse 13. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now since both temptation and evil are spurred on by the devil, Jesus is teaching here to ask the Father for protection from the schemes of the devil. In fact, y'all, it would be a very appropriate translation of this position to not just say deliver us from evil, but rather deliver us from the evil one. You see, in the original Greek, the text doesn't just say ano panaru, from evil. No, it says apo tau pararu, from the evil. And so the implication here is that there's an evil one that we need delivered from. And that's Satan himself, the devil. And so if your translation renders this simply as from evil, as mine does, the ESV does, it probably has a footnote that says, or the evil one. Do you see that in your Bible? Or perhaps you have the New International Version or the Christian Standard Bible. Both of those translations, they render this phrase as from the evil one. One And that's only fitting, y'all, given the original Greek. But it's also fitting since temptation and evil are spurred on by the devil. You and I need to be delivered from the schemes of the devil. So here's today's takeaway. Today's takeaway is this. Walk out of here with this. Call upon the Father every day to protect you from the schemes of the devil. Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, as we come to this teaching point today, Lord, we thank you for the example of prayer that, that, our, that our Savior Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, has given us here. And Lord, every day we face troubles and trials and, and temptations and schemes, traps that the devil lays for us, but we call upon you, Father, to protect us. Father, even right now there are those in this congregation today who are gathered here lord who are entrapped by the schemes of the devil maybe they are a believer yet they've given themselves over to sin of some sort or maybe they've not yet turned from sin and trusted christ i pray that today they would pray this prayer deliver me from the evil one and that they would be saved they would be set free so, Father, meet with us here, we, we pray, God, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, well, amen, amen, amen. So, call upon the Father every day to protect you from the schemes of the devil. Remember, we need daily bread, we need daily forgiveness, and we need daily protection. And so, to help us call out the Father every day, I want to point you to the three truths about the devil today. And here's the first one. The devil is your real enemy the devil is your real enemy now on the screen i left off the word real because after i put out the outline i, I did some more studying and i i ran across a stat 
that was alarming. Uh, statistician uh, George Barna, not, not that long ago, he surveyed Americans who considered themselves Christians, and here's what he found. When faced with the statement, Satan is not a living being, but is a symbol of evil, 40% of the Christians surveyed strongly agreed with that. And then another 19% somewhat agreed with that. That means that 59% of American Christians, according to this survey, don't think that Satan is a real being. Now perhaps in this room, there are those of you who either lean that way or maybe you're even convinced on that belief that the, the devil is not real. But I want to say to you this morning, beloved, the devil is real. You find him in the book of Genesis, and then you go all the way to the end of the book of the Bible, right? The, 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 the book of Revelation, he's there in Genesis, he's there in Revelation, and you find him over and over again throughout all of the books in between. In fact, in the New Testament, 19 out of the 26 books mention Satan. Jesus, he personally encountered him during his ministry, and he explicitly mentioned him over a dozen times. So the existence of the devil is thoroughly biblical. He's not just a metaphor. No, he's a real being. In fact, he is an angelic being. At one point, he was the worship leader of heaven. But the Bible tells us that he rebelled against God and galvanized a third of the angels to rebel with him, and God kicked him out of heaven, him and them. And as a fallen angel, we, we no longer call him an angel. We call him a demon. And so he is the prince of demons, as the Pharisees rightly said in the Gospels. So, beloved, don't be deceived. The devil's real. The devil's real. Not only is he real, but he is your real enemy. If there's one person that, that the devil hates, it's, it's God. And because the devil hates God, he hates you. He is your enemy. He is your adversary, just as we read in, in, in 1 Peter 5, verse 8, where the Holy Spirit tells us through Apostle Peter, be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary that's your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour which brings me to the second truth i want to i, I want you to see this morning beloved call upon the father every day to protect you from the schemes of the devil because the devil would love to destroy you and drag you to hell with him that's what he lives to do that's what he would love to do and how does he do that? Well, Jesus points out in this prayer petition, the devil does that primarily through the seduction of temptation. You see, the devil is the subductor. He is a tempter. In fact, twice in the scripture, that's his very name. Speaking of the devil, we read in Matthew 4, 3, and the tempter came and said to Jesus, if you're the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. He didn't call him the devil, calls him the tempter. And then we also read in 1 Thessalonians 3, 5. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter, that's the devil that Apostle Paul's talking about here, had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. 
So, beloved, you need to see this morning, he is indeed the tempter and the seducer. He loves to tempt us to do that which is evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Temptation is too evil. Now, how do you define evil? Let me just give you a real simple definition this morning. Evil is whatever God says is evil. That's how you define what evil is, y'all. We don't get to pick and choose. If God says it's evil, it's evil. He's revealed in his word what evil is, what is sinful. And the devil loves to tempt us to do evil because he knows that when you sin and when I sin by giving into that temptation, he can destroy us both physically and spiritually. He knows full well because he's already experienced it, right? He's already experienced the, the physical, spiritual death that comes as the consequences of sin. James 1, 14 and 15 so clearly states that these are the consequences to sin when we are tempted, but each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Now we know full well that God wants you and me to be fishers of men. But make no mistake, y'all, the devil is a fisher of men as well, dangling out the lure of whatever sin entices us, jigging it up and down, making it pop across the water so that we'll see it and want it and, and fly up and bite it so that he can set the hook and then drag us to our destruction. Oh, Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one. Now, I, I want to be clear here. The Father never tempts us to sin. Again, James chapter 1, Scripture makes this clear. James 1, 13. Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot, is not able. God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself tempts no one. So why in the world would Jesus teach us to pray here? Father, lead us not into temptation. Well, he's not implying that the Father tempts us. No, Jesus probably has in mind what he had just recently experienced. Remember the Lord's Prayer is delivered to us as part of the Sermon on the Mount. And right before the Sermon on the Mount, we find Jesus himself facing a temptation. He probably had in mind Matthew 4.1. Matthew 4.1. Remember, the Lord's Prayer comes in Matthew chapter 6, but in Matthew 4.1, we read this. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, you've got to notice there, it is the Holy Spirit who led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And so God can certainly lead us into places where temptation is possible. And when he does, understand his, his purpose is not to tempt us, but to test us. In fact, the word 
that we translate as temptation also can be translated as test, and you've got to use your context clues to figure out which way it's talking here. But we know this, that it's always dual-purposed, right? God means it for good, but the devil means it for evil, right? What the devil hopes for evil, God hopes for good. And what the devil hopes for our destruction, God hopes for our construction, right? Our, our edification, our being built up. And while God can lead us into places of temptation, He Himself never tempts us. Satan is the tempter. And so Jesus here is teaching us to pray to the Father to keep us far away from those places of temptation, far away from the schemes of the devil. But also in this prayer is this idea. But Father, if you lead us to a place where we could be tempted, give us strength to withstand the devil's schemes. Father, don't abandon us to temptation. Father, Father, we're weak. Make us strong to refuse the temptation like Christ did in that desert place. Beloved, this is a prayer here of utter dependence upon God. God, but for your grace, I'll give in. I've seen me do it. And if you don't give me grace, Father, to stand in this moment, I will fall. Give me grace, Father, to persevere when the devil comes knocking. And that's exactly, y'all, what God has promised to do. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He'll not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, He'll also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure. You see, He always provides a way of escape. Have you found that to be true in your own life? When you have faced a temptation and you're trying to decide, should I, should I give in, should I bite, or should I not? Haven't you found out, it's just through experience that God says, no, 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 here's your escape. So the question's not, will God give you a way of escape that you can withstand the temptation? The question is, will you take that way of escape? Will you take the way that God faithfully provides for you to make that escape and run like Joseph did from Potiphar's wife. Beloved, the devil would love to keep you hooked so that he could fully destroy you and drag you to hell. But may you fight like that big bass. Right? You're like, you know when they hook into that bass? That bass doesn't just say, hey, <laughs> reel me on in. No, he fights. He flips. He flops. He pulls. He swims the other direction. And oftentimes that bass will flop off or he'll break the line. So I say to you this morning, beloved, fight, fight like heaven. And one of the ways that we do that, y'all, is to pray. Pray to the Father in that moment. Father, deliver me from the evil one. Father, protect me from Here's the promise from God. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. Fight the devil. And he will flee from you. 
So, beloved, I declare over you in the name of Jesus that while the devil is strong, God is stronger. Amen? God is stronger. And by the power of God, you can withstand. You can escape. I speak over you. Isaiah 54, verse 16 and 17. Isaiah 54, 16 and 17 says, Behold, this is God speaking. I've created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. I've also created the ravager to destroy. But then this is what he declares. Look at this. And I declare this over you this morning. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication from me declares the Lord. By the power of God, y'all, there's victory over the devil's schemes, which brings me to the final truth that I want to share with you this morning. Beloved, call upon the Father every day to protect you from the schemes of the devil because the devil is a defeated foe. He's defeated by Christ, and he cannot have those who are the Father's. Look, the devil's the real enemy. He's your real enemy. And it would absolutely thrill him to destroy you and to drag you to hell with him. But guess what? He's done been beat. He cannot have you. And so on this Lord's Day, y'all, we rejoice in the truth of Colossians 2, 13 through 15, which declares, And you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made alive together with him having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross, and in doing so, look what happened. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities. That that includes the devil. And put them to open shame by triumphing over them in So as you look at that, where did Jesus gain his victory? Where? At the cross. And how did Jesus gain this victory? Through the cross, when he suffered for our sins and paid for our redemption. And how do we know that Jesus is victorious? Well, because there was a tomb that was left empty when he was resurrected from the dead. We we see this clearly explained to us in 1 Corinthians verse 15 20 through 28 i I, want to quote this whole verse here so that you see this is your this is your proof that the victory is yours your proof that that the devil's defeated because i know sometimes you look around and you say i don't know if he's defeated or not it looks like the devil may win look at what it says but in fact christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who've fallen asleep For as by a man came death, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, then in his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying, listen to this, after destroying every rule and every authority and power. He must reign until he has put all his enemies under his foot the last enemy to be destroyed is death for God has put all things in subjection under his feet but when he says all things are put in subjection it is plain 
that he has accepted or he has it, it is plain that he has accepted who who put all things in subjection under him when all things are subjected to him then the son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him that God may be all in all sometimes the apostle Paul even Peter says sometimes Paul says things in in ways that are difficult to understand let me just translate that for you he took the devil threw him down and stomped his neck that's what it means he's triumphed over he is under his feet the devil is defeated and the resurrection that empty tomb is proof as you look around proof that while the devil ain't dead, he's dying. He has been defeated by Christ. Indeed, God has already delivered us from the evil one. And so, beloved, the, de the, the devil cannot have you if you are the Father's. If you heard Jesus call you to himself for salvation, and you followed him, you are now one of God's sheep, the Bible says. And God, in all of His sovereign grace, will never let the devil have you. I love the promise that we read in John 10, 27 through 30. One of the sweetest promises that we see from Jesus Christ about our security. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And listen to this. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who's given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Beloved, that means that nobody, even the devil, is able to snatch God's sheep out of his hand. They are not Evil, I don't care what evil scheme the devil plans against you. He can't steal you away from the Father's hand and the Savior's hand. Therefore, we can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. Even when the devil does his worst, and he often does, right? You just open up the newspaper. The devil, in various capacities, in varied degrees, He's doing his worst all over the course of this creation. Even when the devil does his worst, you are secure in the Father's and in the Savior's sovereign grip by his sovereign grace. And not only that, but Christ says that he will never throw us out either. He's not going to let anybody take us, and he's not going to throw us out either, even when we go astray. Even when we give in to the devil's seductions and temptations. Jesus made this abundantly clear in John 6, 37. John 6, 37. Jesus said, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. We're secure in Jesus' hands. If. We are in His grace by faith through Him. Now, look, I, I would be remiss if I didn't emphasize the if here. 
We are secure in Jesus' hands if we are His by grace through faith in Him. So that's the question every one of us has to answer this morning. Are you His? Are you His? Have you turned from sin and placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ so that you can receive all the graces that He longs to give you? If you've not, guess what? Today's the day. The devil wants to destroy you. He wants to drag you to hell with him. But if you'll turn from sin and trust in Christ, you'll be delivered from all the schemes of the evil one. So, beloved, call upon the Father every day to protect you from the schemes of the devil. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from Here's my final prayer. May we live at rest in the security of our Father who ultimately delivers us from all our foes.